Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergr.com. Thank you, Prayer Poppy. Do appreciate it. You guys can have a seat. He hates that nickname, but uh, I made it up, so I like it. Um, it's good to be back in the house. Um, guys, thanks for the prayers. I really got taken out this whole week. I don't know what the heck was going on. My immune system was freaking out. So thank you so much for the prayers, and um, I'm feeling much better today. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this morning, I would like to uh, open with the Lord's Prayer. So if you, I think it'll flash up there on the big screen. If you would just, let's say this together, and we can stand. We can stand one last time, and then I'll let you guys sit down, okay? All right, all right, all right. Okay, well, if it's not up there, that's okay. We know it anyways. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. You can be seated. And obviously that's out of Matthew 6, 9. Lord, thank you so much for this morning, God. I thank you for your word, which is so good and so true. I thank you, Lord, that we're able to come and to gather together and, and to worship your name. I thank you for the gift of prayer and relationship with you, Lord. And I just pray that you've moved so powerfully this morning, God teaching us, ministering to us, and showing us your way. In Jesus' mighty name and all of God's people said, amen. All right, this morning, the title of my message is The Prophet of Prayer. And Matt didn't get that when I said it to It's like prophet, you know, like Luciano, like like the, the benefit of prayer, like what, you know, the yield of the prayer, yes? Okay, prophet of prayer. And today we're going to be talking about prayer and what it means to the Christian body, right? Yes. <clears throat> and as we're closing in 2023, like I, I knew that this is what I was going to talk about. And the Lord has used this year to show me that I don't preach like Matt or Zach or Micah or anybody else. I'm actually called to teach. So I'm going to teach some stuff today. Yeah? Yeah? Is that cool, Joy? I'm going to teach. We're going to learn together. Mandy, you ready? Okay, let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Um, one thing that I experienced in 23 was a revelation in my prayer life. And that's a good thing because 23, like, threw some stuff at me that I was not expecting. Anybody relate? Yeah, there was, like, there was pain in 2023. Yes? Yes? Okay, so we know that as a human being, Christian or no, pain's going to come, right? But did you grow through the pain? Did you, did you grow through the pain and did you celebrate the fruit? Yeah? That is what distinguishes us as a Christian. And prayer is such a huge part of understanding that pain and growing through it. Amen? If it's disappointment, if it's betrayal, if it's, if it's brokenness, if it's sin nature, if it's a lack of hope, the Lord can grow us through that pain. <clears throat> so, like I said, one of the things that the Lord has really settled in my heart is that I'm, I'm to teach. And one of the things that I've gone over numerous times this year is Bible literacy, right? We're reading, we're reflecting, and we're responding. So we're, we're reading the word to understand the word so that if somebody tells us something that's not from the word, we're going to know, right? Because there are people who want to take and they want to twist that, and they want to twist it because they want to use you. They want to abuse you. They want to abuse the word of God for some reason, getting ahead or being wicked, I don't know, but the Bible says that there are plenty of people who want to tell you what the Word of God says. We need to know what the Word of God says. Yes? Bible literacy is such a huge, huge and important part of being and walking and living as a Christian. It's how to be living in the Word. It's how to be eating the whole of the scroll, consuming it and getting it down deep inside of you and letting that thing change you. In Colossians, it talks about letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That is what Bible literacy is. It's about reading the word to understand the word, to apply the word. As we get closer to the end of the year, 
I knew that my last message was going to be specific to prayer. And as we roll into 24, I know that God is asking this house to be a house of prayer. He wants all of us to understand prayer rightly. If we're in a place now where we understand what reading the word of God looks like rightly, and we're seeing him rightly, then we need to know and we need to see prayer rightly. Our ladies got a leg up on this a couple of weeks ago because we talked about this at Abide. And it's going to be awesome because this is just like me getting to expound on a little bit more. But I do believe that prayer is an aspect of the Christian life that many of us have been sleeping on. Right? <laughs> and this, this is going to be a little bit of an uncomfortable thing today as we're learning together, as we're discerning what prayer looks like, how long we should pray, what we should pray about. But know and that you're not alone and don't get offended. <laughs> okay? Or, or do get offended, but then grow through the offense, yeah? Let it change you. Let it, let it hearken you onto something more. The power of prayer, if you quiet your racing mind, is insane. The power of prayer. All of us, whether newly saved or coming from a different faith background or having been in church for some time, we simply don't understand prayer as we should. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. We either don't know why we pray, or we think that somebody else has to pray for us, or we don't know what prayer can look like. And that is where the devil wants us to stay. He wants us cut off from the source. He wants us unable to connect with the power. He doesn't want us to get a vision from God. He doesn't want us to have that deep, burning, spiritual alteration that comes from having a prayer life with the king. Amen? People of the church today are over here playing checkers, and the enemy is he's playing chess. And it's not even regular chess. He's playing the Star Trek tri-dimensional chess. Right? You, a few of you laughed. That's awesome. I, had, I thought, like, nobody was going to get that. I do have a picture of it, though, so you can see what I'm talking about. 1960, the original Star Trek. This is how they play chess, apparently in the future. That's space chess. This is what the enemy is looking at. We're seeing things in two dimensions, and he's seeing them in three. And this is how God sees it as well. There is so much going on that we cannot continue to see our lives in a linear pattern going out in front of us, and receding behind us, right? Something, it's something that stretches out in front of us, behind us, around us, up and down and through time. There's overlap, there's layers. We are not just physical beings. First and foremost, we are spiritual, yes? There are narratives larger than, I hate my job, God, when are you gonna give me a new one? Right? There's a narrative of God reclaiming all of creation back onto himself. The narrative of Christ returning, the narrative of restoration of God's people, the narrative of throwing down principalities of darkness and killing sin once and for all. Yes. If we're playing regular chess, we're not seeing all of the other stuff, right? These narratives are playing out all around us all of the time. If we're only seeing that two-dimensional gameplay, then we are missing what is happening. The enemy will always have the jump on an unprepared people. The enemy will always have a, the jump on an unprepared people. If we're unprepared, unpracticed, and not vigilant, it's like swimming in a tank of sharks with our hands tied. Yeah? I'm not sure what benefit you would have if your hands weren't tied in tank sharks, but I'm just saying, for dramatic effect, it would not be good, yeah? What the Lord has put on my heart for Takeover Church in 24 is that this would be a church of intercessory prayer warriors, that this would be a house of prayer, not because just the leadership is praying or a couple of people on the prayer crew are praying, but that we are all vigilantly praying and guarding our time to be in the presence of God. 
that we wear those Holy Spirit heavyweight shirts, that we would be the Holy Spirit heavyweights that God has called us to be. Do you hear me, people? Prayer isn't about talking to God. It's about talking with God. And I will encourage you, like I always do, like we always do, to take notes today. You're going to want to write this down. We're going to hit it hard and we're going to move pretty, pretty fast. So what is prayer? The basic description of prayer is a lifelong dialogue between you and the creator of the universe. You were designed to do it. And if you are currently not doing it, you are missing out on your primary purpose and design. Amen? You are living in the shadow of power instead of living in the person of power that God is in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> you are living in the shadow of power instead of living in the person of power that God is in Jesus Christ. Prayer is breath and life and deepest love and affection. Prayer is a language and a relationship to be desired, developed, and disciplined. Desired, developed, and disciplined. That is how we should feel about our prayer life. It's not just us asking God for stuff. When was the last time you asked God, instead of telling him what you need, you asked him what he thinks you need? Instead of us all the time telling him, I need this, I need that. He's not a vending machine in the sky. What if we asked him to tell us what we need? Amen? Amen. Prayer is so much more than just asking. Prayer is about adoration, wonder, ecstasy, yearning, surrender, love, trust, resolve, and serenity. Adoration, deep respect, fear of the Lord. Wonder, a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, unexplainable. Another aspect of wonder is curiosity, which is a huge part of prayer. Curiosity, ecstasy, which is the overwhelming feeling of joy and happiness or excitement that you literally are, you can't contain it. You're transcending your physical form. It's more than your body can make sense of. Yearning, a hunger and a desire that cannot be satisfied with any other person or thing, but God and God alone. Surrender, letting go of personal desires or needs and wants and replacing them with God's purer and truer desires for our lives. Love. We think that we know this one. Love. It is not human love. It is cosmic love and intimacy the maker of our being, the knower of our secret thoughts, love that touches every part of us, saves every part of us, even the parts we think are unclean and unworthy. It's a love that still wants us, still desires to be in relationship with us after all that we've done. Trust that he will never fail us nor forsake us. Resolve, holding fast even when we're getting ragdolled by the devil, and serenity, which is peace. Who wants any of those things? Yeah? A couple of, a handful of us want, want those things. Okay, okay. All right, let's get it. So we said the Lord's Prayer before, and this, is, this was Jesus telling the disciples, when you pray, pray like this. There was a lot of weird praying at the time. There was like, there was like um, Greeks who were like praying all these different gods, and there was the Jews who literally prayed the same prayers in repetition all the time. There's nothing like the praying that we're doing here, where it's, we're praying for individual needs, we're, we're praying for movements of God, for the Holy Spirit to come. It was not like that. So when he's saying this, he's saying, hey, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, which is the recognition of God as the Father, his power, his authority, that he's not human. He doesn't live here. He lives in heaven. Hallowed be your name recognizing God's nature. He is holy. He's the author of holiness. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are to welcome God's wisdom, his plans. We are to receive divine instruction. Give us this day our daily bread, petition. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Confession, 
personal temple cleaning and thanksgiving. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Help us to develop a holy alertness. Help us to see the enemy coming before his plans are even kicking out. Today, we are going to learn how to pray. Who's excited? Not just pray like we were taught when we were little. Now he lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But actually, actually pray. Rocky Balboa style, you're going to eat lightning and you're going to crap thunder, okay? <laughs> I know that's a little crass, but I was sick for a week and we watched literally all seven movies. So there's a few Balboa-isms in here. We're getting ready to go into the first month of the year. And if you have not done a January at Takeover Church, then you're in for a, a whirlwind, okay? Because we go hard. We go hard the first month of the year. We give the Lord our first and our best. And this is going to be huge. This getting prayer right, having this lockdown is going to be a huge, huge part of that. It's crucible time. It's fire cleansing time. It's run the gauntlet time. We are not messing around. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. We're going to give a first fruits offering. We're going to meet here every single Wednesday, and we're going to worship heaven down. And we're going to petition God to give us vision, prophecy, and power to take into year 2024, okay? We need to have this prayer thing on lock. I'm talking about more healed people, a more powerful people, a more in love people, with better marriages, better relationships with their kids, more power in the workplace, a hunger in their guts to see the enemy and his plans absolutely torn apart, eviscerated, disemboweled, guts ripped into pieces, and the power displaced and taken back for the kingdom of God. Who's with me? So the prophet of prayer. How much time do you spend in prayer? Oh, um, Evan, Pastor Evan goes, oh, is it five minutes? Is it 15 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? Is it an hour? I literally had a Christian tell me once that they were really setting aside the time that it took to brush their teeth to focus on prayer. I don't know how long it takes you guys to brush your teeth. Uh, it takes me like two minutes, probably not doing it right, but my soul literally threw up. Like, I think I walked away from that. I don't even think I said anything in response to that. I was just shook. Okay? That's gross. That's not where we want to be. Amen? Amen? Hear me. Neglect of prayer or indolence, which means laziness, in prayer is nothing short of sin. Since not praying impedes the operation of God's grace in man's life. That's sobering, guys. And it's meant to be. Neglect of prayer or in indolence, which is laziness, is nothing short of sin. Since not praying impedes the operation of God's grace in man's life. He can't change us. He can't develop us. He can't lead us. And he cannot guide us if we are not actively connecting, talking to, and being changed by him. And I hope today is sobering, not just for you, for me, for all of us. And no matter how much we, time we spend in prayer, it's not enough. Because when we get to heaven, that is all we're going to be doing. Is worshiping and praying and being in relationship with God. How much time should we spend in prayer? Matthew 26, 40 through 41. And he came to the disciples, and this is Jesus speaking, and he found them sleeping and he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh, it is weak. So how much time does Christ say? One hour. Thanks, mom. I don't think he's saying that's the cap, guys. <laughs> I think he's saying that one hour is the bare minimum of prayer time. Can you not watch with me one hour? He's like, dudes, can you not hold it together for 60 minutes? Can you not be with me in prayer for one hour? 
How many people here pray daily for one hour? It's nothing to brag about. It's cool, though. It's cool to see a couple of people that actually do it. That's dope. Um, if, this, if you don't pray for an hour and this is making your booty pucker, that's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you how this can be done, okay? Don't be overwhelmed. Trust me, if I can do it, guys, <laughs> you can do it. We can do this thing together. Okay. Silence, we're going to, that's a part of prayer. So get used to it. Feels weird, but <laughs> it's good. Also, I totally lost my place. Um, don't be offended. I said that. Okay. So hear the Lord out on this. It's going to be good. Um, if you want to reach into the back of your seats, there are these tiny little slips of paper that I had Matt print out and he cut them out terribly, but you're going to want to keep that, put it in your Bible. Um, look at it, use it. But this is, this is what we're going to go through today. Um, we can swap out the chess sitch if we want to there, Miss Kelsey. This year I read this book, The Hour That Changes the World by Dick Eastman. And it is incredible. It changed my life. I'm not being dramatic. It changed my life because it taught me to pray. And when he opens this book, he's like, you're going to pray for an hour. I'm going to show you how. And I was like, yikes. Um, I have ADHD. And also I have two full-time jobs. And I'm always on call for this job. And I'm exhausted. <laughs> like, how am I going to pray for an hour a day? You know? One, I was out of alignment with my source. Anytime I'm exhausted to the point of falling apart, it means that I am not hearing, searching, or trusting rightly. Two, God doesn't offer up an excuse for me that I have a hard time with learning and attention. He already knows that I have my challenges, okay? And he's going to find a way to show me his full expression with what I'm working with, all right? He's going to do the same thing with you. He's going to show up and he's going to grip you in a way that you can never get bored with him, regardless of the situation, okay? And three, he's going to make it okay that I say no to other things so that I can say yes to him. And that is true for all of us. There are things that my job would like me to do that I've had to say no, because I am praying in the morning, I am seeking, and I can't get up for a global call that's super early when I'm already in the prayer closet. That's what I'm doing. Are you feeling me? Okay, take a look at this thing up here. This is the structure that we're going to go through today. It's a little hard to see because it's, uh, yeah, the color thingy. Um, but you got all the little printouts, so you can take a look at that and keep that in your Bible too as you start to apply what this looks like. This structure shows how there are 12 different areas of concentration. And when we give five minutes to each of those 12 areas, we'll have prayed for an hour. We'll have prayed for an hour. We can do five minutes, guys, right? Say it with me. I can do five minutes. I can do five minutes. Okay. Five minutes in each area. And Eastman also notes that this is a plan that is supposed to help us go deeper. It's not meant to be regimental it's meant to be applied with spiritual liberty rather than regimented legality. Yes, because that's where we fall into the, the tripwire of religion and the repetition of the things and what it has to look like. And God isn't like that. He is a, a beautiful, free-flowing, outside of time, inside of time. He's amazing. Possibly, all you might have in you for a day, depending on the season in your life, is like you're grieving. Like you are on your face and you're just grieving and you're calling out to the Lord. Well, that's like one category on here. So you're not going to get to the other 11 if that's all that you have in you. Clearly that's okay, right? Like we understand that. This plan is to illuminate, inspire, and draw us deeper into what God has made available to us. Most abundantly, his presence. We're going to start seeing things in that tri-dimensional chess, all of the layers, all of the overlap, all of the power that is available to us. You'll notice that many of the areas here are going to relate back to that first prayer of the Lord's Prayer and the different elements within it. Again, guys, you're going to want to write this down if you're not doing it already. 
Um, what we're going to talk about today is very top level. I encourage everybody to read this book. It's so good. I've like literally bent the tar out of mine, um, highlighted the junk out of it, because it's something I still go back to, even though I've been doing this for a while. Um, this will change your life. So let's buckle up the old seatbelt and let's get to it, okay? Um, the first area is praise, recognizing God's nature. This area is to teach us and encourage us to become the most perfect worshipers of God. This is the act of fearing the Lord. This is the act of seeing him rightly. This is how the Lord illuminates our minds to understanding him more fully, more completely. We start with this area to say, you, you alone, Lord, are my focus. Not me, not my problems, you. This is what you open with. You open with praise. I see you. I praise you. You are worthy of my adoration, my time, and my love. We look at him first before we look at ourselves. Amen? We don't want to come before God and say, hey, Lord, help me. We want to say, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lamb of God. I see you. I love you. Your, your beauty is incredible. You love me despite my faults. You are holy. I look to you with fear and trembling. I look to you with love and hunger in my heart. You've heard it said many times that praise is the key to the presence of God. So that is why we start with praise, to welcome him, to, to, come, to ask to come into his presence. We serve a God, as we say here, say here who, doesn't, who doesn't put up with being tolerated. He only wants to be celebrated. Amen? I said amen. amen. Okay, area two is waiting, the act of soul surrender, which I love this. I love this. Well, I love a lot of these. Um, waiting in silence. I can't think of a single person who loves waiting or silence, right? There's like, there's like dead air for a second and people are like, Oh my God, what's wrong? <laughs> it's like the Lord is here. It's not wrong, it's cool. We need to get comfortable once more with waiting and with silence. Waiting, it is for you, baby. <laughs> I say that in love. Um, waiting and silence and waiting are huge parts of hearing from the Lord. When we live in a fast world that is move it or lose it and just loud as heck, um, it can be really hard to focus on these things. Silent soul surrender means sitting and waiting. Not waiting for his presence because we've, we've already welcomed that in with praise, right? It means waiting in his presence. Not for his presence because he's already there. It's waiting in his presence. It means not drifting off into daydreaming, which, that, I mean, come on now. Yeah? Anybody? Any, yes? Morgan? Got you, baby. It means not drifting off into daydreaming. It means fighting that. And it means focusing, laser focus, sharp awareness on who he is and what he is trying to say to you. It's not meant to be a time that is filled with words. No talkie. It is meant to be an internal action of reaching, kneeling, resting, waiting, closing the door on intrusive thoughts, and focusing on the Lord. I often use this time, I get on my knees and I visualize like literally holding out my heart to the Lord and it's a cup and I ask him to fill my cup. Fill me up, Lord, fill me up. Are you torn up inside? Do you feel like it's crazy static? white noise, brown noise, chimp with a cymbal, clashing, screaming, like regardless of the level of the noise on the inside or on the outside for that matter, we need to observe waiting and silence because it heals those broken aspects of ourself that are so affected and damaged by the noise of the world. Are you hearing me? Waiting in silence is the solution. It's nothing complicated. It's silence, it's rest, and it's waiting. Eastman says in his book, waiting is not praise, though it is closely related to praise, and it flows directly from it. Praise is verbalizing our esteem of God, 
waiting a time of silent love. Praise cries boldly, God, I see these excellent qualities in your nature. And waiting softly says, God, I love you. God, I love you. And if you don't know how to do this, that is the perfect place to start. <laughs> if you can't do the no talkie, you can say, God, I love you for five minutes. Inside, not with your mouth. Okay? I love how it says waiting is a time of silent love. That is so, so beautiful. Three is confession, temple cleansing time. If sin renders our prayers powerless, then confession cleanses and makes us worthy to stand before our God. It is the prayers of a righteous person that are powerful and effective. Confession is a big deal. And sin makes us unclean. Unclean simply means we are unable to come into the presence of God because he is so holy and he is so good and he is so set apart from that, he cannot stand and tolerate the filth of sin. Because of Jesus, everything Jesus touched becomes clean, including us. When we come to him, admit our brokenness and our sin and ask to be cleansed. Get this, God does not need us to confess our sins. He already knows. He needs us to confess our sins so we know that it was wrong. So we know that we sinned. Yeah? God does not need us to confess our sins so that we, so that he knows we sinned. He needs us to confess our sins so that we know that we have sinned. He already knows our sins. And when we confess our sins, we are standing in agreement with him that what we have done, what we've gone through, what we've participated in is less than what he has called us to. We've missed the mark and he's gonna help us find it again. If we don't confess, we don't get cleansed. And if the prayers... If the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective, then the prayers of somebody who is sinfully bound would be null, which is canceled, and void, which is empty. Jesus, at the end of teaching us how to pray, says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, then neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Unforgiveness robs us of power. It is a roadblock that stops us from access, that stops us from healing, that stops us from being the hands and feet of God in the world today. It is, it's a huge, it's big. It's a big deal, guys. Unforgiveness is a big deal. And one thing I've been thinking about lately is if you think about getting ready for the perfect day and you're going to go out, who would you not want to see? Well, okay, yeah, Satan. It's, it's okay to hate Satan. That's fine. What person <laughs> would you not want to see? Does that mean that you haven't forgiven them? Not necessarily. You may have forgiven them. But does that mean maybe you should pray for them? Maybe. Maybe so. There you go. All right, number four. Scripture praying. Word enriched prayer. I love this one so much. I love them all. I just can't keep saying that. It's so silly. Um, scripture praying is an act of opening the word and inserting yourself in the scripture, your family, your church, the world. Praying the scripture not only opens our minds and our hearts to the word of God, it allows that word to dwell in you richly. Are you hearing me, people? Scripture praying is for covering, admonishing, blessing, and encouraging. One of the last things that my grandfather, who passed away a few months ago, experienced on this earth was scripture praying, was me sitting beside his bed and praying scripture to him and about him and through him. Psalm 23, 6, scripture praying, surely the goodness and mercy shall follow you, Robert, all the days of your life and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Or one of the first blessings that Aria received after being born, Psalm 61.4, scripture praying, O Lord, let Aria dwell in your tent forever. Let her take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, God, have heard my and her parents' vows to love you and to raise her rightly. You have given her a heritage of those who fear your name. And there is power in that. And when we pray, 
that power grows. And what does it grow into? It grows into a deep and robust faith. And I quote, bringing God's word directly into our praying, we are bringing God's power directly into our praying. Area five is watching, developing holy alertness. Watching is the act of the watchman on the wall, like the watchman of ancient Israel. Takeover actually has a few watchmen. If that mantle is on you, raise your hand. Yep, would love to see more of that, not just those two guys. But we are super grateful for you, and that is a mantle that is very, very important. And what it means is that in ancient Israel, there would be watchmen on the wall that if an enemy was coming, if there was an attack of some kind, they would see it way before it was happening, and they'd be able to tell everybody else so that they could prepare. Scott, Hamza, they both were the mantle of the watchmen, and I would love for them to continue to grow and more to be added to that number for our watchmen. Watching is the act of having your oil filled, which is the presence of God, being in the presence of God, and trimming your wick, or staying spiritually alert, like the virgins in Christ's parable. Watching means you see what's coming before it comes. This has recently become an area that I'm kind of obsessed with, mostly because I'm sick of getting waterboarded by the devil. So, that being said, I'm happy to admit that I'm still growing in that area. I'm not very good at it. Um, But practice does make you better. (laughs) Um, What would the Christian life look like if we weren't taking wave after wave and hit after hit of the enemy just rolling us over again and again, but instead we were developing spiritually the gift of future seeing, of spiritual insight, so that we can sense what's coming. And instead of being taken out, we are prepared and ready to face it. Sounds good to me. Sound good to you? The act of watching is not only asking God to let us see what the enemy is planning personally as an attack, but as a body and over the world as a whole. If we knew an attack was coming, we can immediately begin to pray against it and that we would be fortified even further supernaturally against it, but also for wisdom to align with the supernatural in the natural. We're asking supernaturally for provision. We're asking to be fortified. We're asking for a movement of God, but we're also asking for wisdom in the natural of how to align with what we're asking God to do a power move of. Yeah? If we can do this, an entirely new dimension will be added to our prayer life and our own life as a spiritual being. This is the growing of the art of seeing things invisible. This week, Matt had a meeting coming up. He had an important meeting coming up, and he was a little nervous to go. And um, I took some time and I prayed over it. And the Lord, during my watching, watching time, the Lord was like, this isn't going to go the way that he wants it to go. And I was like, bummer. And then I, I took some time and I prayed and I interceded and I just prayed that Matt would be fortified. I prayed that the will of God would be done and that he would move through whatever the situation was. So sure enough, Matt goes, he comes back. He's like, that was not good. Um, did not go the way that I thought it would. And I said, I'm so sorry. I knew it wasn't going to go well. <laughs> and he was like, why didn't you tell me that? And I felt like the Lord told me to pray and intercede. And that prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do. Yeah? There are times where the Lord will tell us to tell people. Yeah? This was not one of those times. He had to go through it to learn some stuff. And you did, didn't you, baby? You did. And so did I. I did too. Prayer is the most powerful thing we can offer up in those situations. We have the perfect aspect of watching so that when the enemy is coming, we will be ready. Amen? Six, intercession. Remember the world. Intercession is the most simple definition, prayer for others. Notice that we're, all, we're halfway through the wheel here, and we have not prayed for ourselves yet. We have not prayed for ourselves yet, guys. Who are just like seeking the Lord. We're asking for wisdom for ourselves, but for others and for God to just move through us. And now we're at intercession, which the, the heart of intercession is prayer for others. Intercession is called the heart of prayer. Interceding is actually engaging in battle. Come on. 
when we pray for one another, whether it's someone we know and love or someone we don't know that well or love that well, um, strangers in the world, prayer is where self is removed, intercessory prayer. It's being able to go John Wick spiritually in the prayer realm, yeah? <clears throat> there you go, baby. We've been interceding, interceding for this city for some time over that a spirit of religion would just be shanked in the guts and that he would die <laughs> and that freedom would come to this region and who knows what the depth of that prayer has already done. Who knows what the movement of that intercessory prayer just lifting up this city has done. And we won't know this side of, of heaven. There's a lot of this that we won't see this side of heaven, but that is what intercessory prayer looks like. This is wartime, baby. This is bury your teeth and empowered by God, pray bold, big swing prayers. I love praying for other people. I love it. I feel like I can be way more ratchet praying for others than I can for myself. I'm just like, beat that devil down. Bring that kid home. Bring that baby back to the family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, I don't mess around and you shouldn't either. We don't have to have all the pieces of the puzzle to even be intercessory prayer warriors. We can just know a gist of what's going on or a name or a friend or something like that to pray and to move and to ask God to come forth and do something crazy in that situation and for him to get all of that credit. Amen? Number seven is petition. Share personal prayers. Okay, this is for, about us, guys. Um, first, I'll say personal prayers are not a bad thing, Right? We're just a really selfish people. <laughs> so when we do go to God, it's like, God, help me. Um, and it should be more like, God, I'm going to pray for all these other things. And then also me too, you know? This isn't treating God like a giant vending machine. It's showing God and telling God that we cannot do this on our own. This is saying that we do not have what is within us to get what needs the desired outcome. We need his help. We need his help. And it's important to say that many times God does give us a yes. But even more than yes, we get a not now and a no. And this is an important part of our own petitions is knowing that regardless of the answer that we get from God, it is always for the best. It is always for the best. And what I have found that in the moment it sucks, um, but when I go and I'm able to look back, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> such a good thing I didn't marry that guy or didn't get on that airplane, you know what I mean? And like moved to Korea, like that would have not been good. I would not have been here. You would not have worked through me in the way that you needed to. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. It's that cosmic view that we're talking about, that tri-dimensional chess. God seeing on all levels all the time, outside of time. And we always, and we are always just so focused on what is in front of us or behind us. He's focused on what is within us, what is coming against us, who is around us, how best to lead us and guide us into growing to look more like his son. Amen, amen, amen. All right, section eight, thanksgiving. Confess my blessings. Right after petition and asking comes a celebration by way of gratitude, thankfulness for the way that God has moved. Yes? We're going to spend some time celebrating how God has blessed us, how he's answered our prayers. Yes or no, <laughs> he is good and he is for us. Thanksgiving can be as direct as the gratitude for God healing a broken friendship or as indirect as God making a beautiful sun shining day. Thankfulness, I am thankful for silly things sometimes, and that is okay. Having a thankful heart where every, you're just thankful for everything, it's like, Let's go. Corey Ten Boom, who survived the Holocaust, she was um, in, uh, in a concentration camp, and she was in a, her house thingy, which really wasn't a house. They had fleas. They had fleas in there. So the Nazi guards were not coming in there. They're like, ugh, these people have fleas. I don't want fleas, you know? And her sister was like, thank you, God, for the fleas. And I'm just like... I don't feel like a great person because that level of thankfulness is just mind-blowing to me. Thank you, God, for the fleas. All right, area nine, singing. 
worship in song. I'm not going to labor on this area because um, I'm not a singer, but I am a worshiper. I love to worship, and um, God loves song. When we gather here together, we don't play club music and like dance around like to like celebrate the Lord. Like that's not what we do. We sing songs of worship and of praise. And when you take this time to do this area, it can be a spiritual song. You can sing psalms. Um, you can sing a Bethel song. You can play the prayer hour for, from takeover. Whatever it looks like, it's aligning you spiritually to the heart of God because heaven is going to be so full of music, guys. It's going to be so full of worship and so full of song. So that's an important part of prayer. Number 10 is meditation, pondering spiritual themes. Meditation means to muse or to turn over in our minds, to break it down in our hearts. We are taking time to see a spiritual theme rightly and take care in understanding the depth and the breadth of the power and meaning. Spiritual themes like holiness, peace, forgiveness, mercy, redemption are not one-dimensional themes. These are multifaceted, potent, powerful aspects of God. A way of thinking about meditation, I know it's kind of gross, is a cow chewing cud. So pretty much, let me educate you, um, because I know Grant doesn't know any agricultural stuff. Um, uh, I think my science, when I went to high school, was called plant and animal science, and it was a lot of agricultural stuff because I went to like a redneck place. Um, <clears throat> anywho, so cows, like most animals, don't know when available food will be available. They're, so food scarcity type of thing. So when they scarf, they like scarf really hard, and they don't chew it overly well. And they have four compartments to their stomach, and that really rough stuff that they just like hawked down. It's not going to like go into the other ones until they barf it back up into their mouth and chew it yeah. more. <laughs> okay. So they barf in their mouth and they chew and they chew and they chew for like eight hours. Yeah. They chew for eight hours. They just chew the cud, just keep, keep doing the thing and swallow it down. And this breaks down what they're eating in such a way that they're getting every little bit of nutrient out of that food, out of that roughage that they're, they're, they're cutting, okay? So that able, is able to pass through the rest of their system and they are able to produce seven gallons of rich milk a day. Whoa, everybody say, whoa. <laughs> so with that being said, another word for chewing the cud is rumination, which also applies to meditation. The act of meditation or rumination or the chewing of spiritual cud means going over and over and over again a theme so that you see it from every angle. You see it inside and out. You're breaking it down so completely that it produces in you long suffering that others cannot understand. A level of love and thoughtfulness that shocks your enemies. A response that is so like Christ, it isn't a second nature anymore. It's a first nature because you understand holiness to such a different level that has changed your spiritual DNA. Chew the spiritual cud, guys. All right, area 11, listening. Receive spiritual instruction. This is also super important. This is more listening and more waiting. And I quote, to listen in prayer is to mentally absorb divine instruction from God concerning specific matters for the day for the day, okay? When we throw open the doors at the beginning of the day and we say to God, this is your day, these are your hands, these are your feet, prepare me for what you have in store for me. We give, give me the eyes to see the need, prepare my heart to be attentive to you and allow me to sense the rhythm of your spiritual movements. This is an aspect that is hard for us because many of us love to talk. We love to talk because we're very poor listeners. Because we love to talk, we are very poor listeners. We need to grow in the art of listening and listening well and not just waiting for our turn to talk. This is not easy, but with God, it can be done so beautifully. A few weekends ago on a Saturday, we we're going to go to a couple stores. Goodwill, you know, because I'm cheap. No, because <laughs> I like to find cool stuff, guys. Um, we were getting ready to go out, and I was praying in the morning, and I was like, I prayed this part, and I was like, Lord, just prepare me for the day, and I knew that he had something. Something was coming, and we went out, and we went to the store that we hadn't been to, thrifty, Meyer 50 Acres. We hadn't been there in a year, and um, very, very friendly store manager there, super nice guy, and I saw, he like saw us immediately when we came in. I don't think he knows who we are, or like what we, he knows who we are, but he doesn't know what we do. 
And um, he like came over and I was like, hey buddy, how you doing? And he was like, not good. And I was like, okay. Uh, here it is. Like, I knew it. Like, the second it was like, I just, like, turned, like, went into formation mode. <laughs> I was like, this is it. This is what the Lord was preparing me for. And he just went to tell us that his year has been hell. We haven't seen him in a year. He was like, his 22-year-old daughter has blood cancer. She's been so sick. She's been so sick. She's been through all these crazy chemo things. He calls her a million, his million-dollar baby. Like, um, she just got married two months ago. It was like, she woke up like after a few days after she got married and she couldn't move. She was, it was like awful. Just like all the stuff that he was telling us. And I mean, this place is like full. <laughs> There's like people like walking around. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I was like, I'm going to pray for you. Are you okay with that? And he was like, yes, please. So I just like brought him over and literally we just like laid hands on him and prayed. And he's like, you know, sobbing quietly. And if I hadn't been prepared, I would have missed that. There's a very good chance I would have just uh, not even, or not had the time, you know, but I asked the Lord to, to come and to really, really convict my heart and move. And he wants to do that for all of us. Think about the opportunities that we're missing when we're not plugging in like this. We're not asking him to show us and instruct us for the day. Amen. You hear me people? Okay. Number 12, praise, recognizing God's nature. This one's like an easy one because we've already done it. So when we open with praise, we are celebrating the Lord. We're welcoming him in. When we're closing with praise, we're magnifying the Lord. We're, we are magnifying the Lord. We are saying, you are so good. We just had all this time together. You blessed me. I pray that you would keep me. God, that you would move so powerfully in this day. Lord, I'm filled up. I'm ready to go. You are good. You close and you seal the deal with praise. And with five minutes in each of those areas, you will have prayed for an hour, my friend. One hour. You did it. Yeah. I mean, you haven't done it yet, but you will. In each, tomorrow, yes. <laughs> in each of those areas, you will have prayed for one hour and gotten a greater download than ever before and a better look at the tri-dimensional chess set. And you will be built up in such a way that the devil will not have time to mess with you. He won't have time. He won't have energy. He's going to be exhausted. You'll be prayed up, full cup, petitions laid out before the Lord, pulled up from the slum of self-absorption by putting him and others first with insight of what is coming and equipped to navigate the day. The depth and the richness of prayer was never taught to me with such basic language as it was in this book. Okay? I was not the strongest reader as a young person, so appreciated. Um, get this book, guys. It is, it is so good. I will do my best to buy everybody one. It's amazing. But if you don't have the book, you have your little diagram, use it tomorrow. I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked by the vastness and the depth and the power of prayer and how much God has made available to us. Not his favorites, not the most holy people, every single one of us, amen? And as we get ready for 2024, this is how I want us to engage with prayer. Maybe you need to take it a chunk at a time. Maybe you need to start with two minutes in each area. Two minutes, guys. Two minutes. Some people sneeze longer than two minutes. Two minutes. You can do it. You can do it. Take it a chunk at a time. Maybe the Lord highlights areas that you need to spend more time in. Maybe it's during a baby nap. Maybe it's while you're driving. Maybe you're doing it instead of watching TV. This is how I and many others engage. This is how I'm able to cover myself and so many of you that I don't get to meet with one-on-one -on -one with intercessory prayer and love and power, okay? This is how I get supernatural. This is how you can get supernatural. This is how you can get the insight that you need on what is going on on the inside of you what's going on on the inside of others, what's going on inside of the world, discernment and wisdom for a situation, and all of the answers that you need. We can do this, guys. Say it with me. We can do this. All right, one more time. We can do this. All right. So I took this book a couple weeks ago. I'm closing. So <laughs> um, I took this book a couple weeks ago, and I took our dog Hardway. There is another picture. 
Um, there he, oh, look at that. Um, I took our dog Hardway. He has many names. Hardy Way, uh, good boy, bad dog, thick Rick. Uh, he's got quite a few nicknames. Um, but I took him out into the woods uh, to be by myself and, and to really pray and to have no distraction. I had no cell service. service, service. Um, it was amazing. Um, just tuning myself into the presence of God. And I used this book and I used that diagram that y'all got there. And I got an infilling like I have never gotten before. And there's a reason biblically why Jesus stepped away. It's like why the disciples were like, where's Jesus? <laughs> he was by himself. You know what I mean? Away from the distractions of the world, away from his cell phone, out in the middle of nowhere, just praying with him and the Father. And like we've been talking about so, so much this morning and earlier this week, having our eyes on the Lord because his eyes are already on us. And there's so many other things that are distracting us. And if we are not getting this prayer time in, it's because we deem other things important than prayer. We're saying to God that other things are more important to us than being in his presence, being changed by him and filled by him and altered to look more like his son, Jesus Christ. Okay, I know that's a heavy hit. It should be. <laughs> like, let it rock you and change. I had to change. I'm 36 years old. I wish I had figured this out when I was 19. That would have been great. I didn't. But this should be a wake-up call for all of us. We need to get this prayer thing down. God told me on this, on this prayer trip um, a lot of things about myself. He told me about some deep wounds that I had to heal from that I didn't even know were there. He exposed some agreements that I had made with things that people had said about me that weren't true, that needed to be undone. And he walked me down a path of deep, articulated forgiveness. People I didn't even know, I thought I had forgiven, and I had. But it was almost like I had to forgive myself as well for allowing things that had, people had said that were not true become a part of my identity. It was just garbage. And that is a message for 2024. But I came back and I had a lot of personal words for a lot of these folks here. A lot of people. I'd never gotten a download like that before. And I got one for Takeover Church. And the word for Takeover was charge. Charging forward, charging into battle, moving with God, with a God-given direction, routing the enemy in the plans that he has for this city, because he has plans, y'all. He has plans for your children. He has plans for your marriage. He has plans for your mental and what you put before your eyes. He has plans. And he told me that TakeOver was going to lead the charge on reclaiming what it looks like to live biblically as a Christian in America. We're gonna make our lives about the King. We're gonna die to ourselves and we're going to be in his word. And we're gonna pray like it'll never go out of style cause it never freaking will. If you want to stand this morning my prayer today is that you will hear this and the whole thing or a fragment of the thing will get inside of you and it will alter you and it'll change you like it did me because the hands raised of the people who are who are praying and petitioning heaven that's too few people we need to be praying more we need to give up our sleep so that we can pray, and trust me, I know that it's hard, I love sleep. I'm like Drake, I only love my bed and my mama. <laughs> that was like a deep throwback to our youth days. <laughs> I love sleep, I love to sleep. But I love the Lord more, yeah. And there have been people who have asked me for specific words. I can't get driving to work because of the distraction. There, are, there is a word, there is wisdom that is needed that I will only find in the quiet and the silence and the presence of God. And that is true for you as well. And you don't have to have a microphone or a title to be a heavy hitter in this church. My desire is that takeover would build big, big people 
I don't need a big church. I need big people. The Lord needs big people. This city needs big people. Lord, we love you so much, God. We thank you for the gift of your word that teaches us how to pray. We thank you, Lord, now that you're moving amid uncomfortable feelings and thoughts and you're reorganizing and reprogramming and you're not gonna let us get offended, Lord. We love you too much for that. God, the time is short. You're coming soon. God, I just pray that we would be a ready people. Lord, I bless every single person here today with the conviction and the courage and the fortitude to pray. God, we just wanna see you glorified. In Jesus' mighty name and all of God's people said, amen.